So you know who's adopted? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, is it me? No. Well, not to my knowledge. Tony Stark. Wow. Guess how I know. How did you find that out? Did you read it in the comic book at the time of publication? You would think so, because I've been reading a pretty interesting series of Iron Man comics. Yes. Called The Secret Origin of Tony Stark. Is that what it's actually called? Yes. Or are you taking the piss? No, okay. no. Secret Origin of Tony Stark is right. the current uh, story arc in the Iron Man comic. So that sounds like there's a bit of tension and whatnot to, to build up, maybe... Mm. You know, alluding to it's you could some say, sort of big ending that might redefine yeah. the Marvel universe for all time. You could say that it's been building to some kind of secret origin of I don't know Tony, Tony Stark. Stark. Yeah, so um, you'd obviously be hanging out for the last epi- uh, last episode. Sorry, last issue because you would assume that that's where they're going to to reveal it. And well, yeah, given the heavy foreshadowing, I've yeah. been on the edge of my seat. You would not be able to wait to open that that bad boy up and yep. and just read the hell out of it. It's, uh, it's a real page turner. Mm. And so what's happened? <laughs> so uh, the old news.com.au. Those bastards with their shoddy technology journalism coverage. <laughs> <laughs> As foreshadowed in a previous episode. So they put a story up today where the headline is basically, Hey, Stefan, how's it going? Have you been reading Iron Man? Well, guess what? A new issue comes out today and it's not even 5pm. So even if you, you know, if you work... And you get it on time. You haven't got time to read it. But FYI, Tony Stark's adopted. And isn't his brother an yeah, alien and or something? he has some a secret gym? brother who's been in a coma for his whole life. Injected with alien technology, I think. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're so outraged. <laughs> you can't even speak. So to be like, I don't, I don't want to mince words, even though that's all I've done since I was born. <laughs> but the headline... Just be a straight shooter for once. Yeah. Like the headline of the story is... Tony Stark adopted has secret brother or something. And then in brackets, I believe it did have spoilers. Yeah. And then in the body of the article, Too it says, late. In, a, in a comic coming out today, Tony Stark's adopted to the max. He's got a brother. <laughs> this is exactly in granular detail what happens. And then like it says, again, spoilers. <laughs> and I'm like, for fuck's there's sake. A, there's a screenshot of it because I read it as well. And yep. there's a screenshot of the actual panel of the comic where he yeah. finds out. It's not enough. Before the article, though. Under the headline, before the actual article. I don't mind if they want to, like, you know, we can talk about the whole thing about Tony Stark, who's not real. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. I think we were talking in the last episode about you, all about us, about geeks in general being a little bit too invested in stuff. Yeah. Well, to someone, carry on with that theme. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, making news on the old mainstream press about his family situation. He's not Gina Reinhardt. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Although there There's a parallels. lot of similarities. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine Gina Reinhardt in an Iron Man suit. I think <laughs> you... <laughs> the thrusters are kicking in and Jarvis <laughs> is going, we're at 105% of power and we can't get off the ground. I reckon it's something you're going to see, ma'am, but it'll be like a huge dozer thing <laughs> that she just creates minds. And just, you know, just pulls ore out of the ground and then busts it into diamonds and throws it through, like, the heads of poor people. I've got the best joke. Yep. They could put her in a comic, but she'd only be a minor character. (laughs) (laughs) I refute your intro to that (laughs) joke. (laughs) So, are we giving a big fuck you to news.com.au? I don't mind if you want to... Spoil stuff. You can't mess with people's lives, though. Put it below the fold. (laughs) 
like the digital bloody like if it's the a little tile on your homepage, yep. just say big changes for Iron Man and a miscellaneous picture of Iron Man. Read here for more spoilers, FYI. Yep. And look, yeah, I get it all, and I get that Marvel have probably sent them a thing saying, "Please report this for publicity." You get it all the time, and they're like, "This character is dead slash gay slash married slash imposter slash adopted or whatever," and it goes in the newspaper, and they put it out the bloody day the comic comes out. It's like where they put out um, spoilers for TV shows the day it comes out in America, and we don't get it. This is why I don't watch TV anymore unless it's downloaded. It's infuriating. It's funny you talk about so like Game of Thrones, for example, where. And I know you haven't seen Game of Thrones. That's right. I've got no intention of adding it to the roster, so go nuts. But for the purpose of storytelling, uh, it's a show that has some big what the holy shit end scenes, right? Yep. That set the internet a Twitter the day <laughs> after, you know? And people are like, oh my God, what's this? You get the most vague booking of vague booking the next day. Where people are like, Game of Thrones, exclamation point, oh my God face, hashtag mind blown, hashtag no spoilers, hashtag ruined it, you know? <laughs> Uh, anyway, the thing is... <laughs> Tell me what the thing is. <laughs> that episode of television, to get... If you are connected in a digital sense, right? Yep. If you're a huge Poindexter like myself, who reads all of the bloggy blogs and goes on the tweets and looks at the book face and that sort of thing, you need to watch the show at the same time as America watches the show. Or you can't keep you up can't. with the conversation. You have, to, you have to have a total blackout. You have to opt out. And it's kind of depressing to say that I don't want to opt out of these conversations because even though I've never met any of these people or I don't know them or they'll never even care that I'm alive, I want to know what they have to say and it makes me sad to have to give them a miss for the day. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> I can't think of a clearer example of a fucking first world problem <laughs> to say that if my TV is a day late, I can't go on the internet. But it does get to the heart of the issue in terms of people. Oh, look, if, you, if, you, if waiting a week's too much, people are bastards. They're like, well, it's just, it's the world we live in. Yeah. You know? And I want it now. I want it FedExed into my brain immediately. Exactly. We're sending FedEx a bill for sponsorship of this episode. Yeah. Just and decided. How, how am I not going to be spoiled by the bloody news.com about <laughs> Tony Stark's brother? Who, as far as I can tell from the story, has been in a hospital his entire life. And Tony's like, oh, lol, what? Got a brother. What's that all about? I don't know. I don't know. Because I haven't read the actual story with the context. Just a bloody spoiler thing on the old web. To be fair to news.com.au, they have presented to me a couple of very good stories <laughs> in the last few days. I think it's... I'm not, I'm not going to mince words either. I think it's fairly trashy as a news site. It's far too obsessed with the Kardashians and not obsessed enough with news. But I read a story on news.com.au that somebody threw an air conditioner at Michael Bay. <laughs> and Really? I've, I've stated on this podcast before <laughs> my feelings about Michael Bay and what he did to the most beloved franchise in my existence. Made it awesome. <laughs> no, <laughs> not so much. Yeah. So apparently while working on the set of the fourth Transformers, and I'm, I'm going to do Transformers in air quotes because yep. that's not my Transformers. <laughs> Whilst working on the set of the fourth Transformers movie, uh, someone's just thrown an air conditioner at the man. <laughs> Uh, maliciously, I believe. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to this bay and just chucked an AC. <laughs> That's it. See you transform from alive to dead. 
Uh, and he's, he's managed to escape without, without injury, which is disappointing. <laughs> uh, and I'm not the sort of person that genuinely, uh, or generally even, wishes harm on other human beings. Yeah. I'll make an exception for Michael Bay, though. <laughs> I'm only hoping that it's one of those big industrial air conditioners next yeah. time that they use to cool shopping centres <laughs> and they just drop it off the roof yeah. straight onto him. Just tra- drop, drop a cool room on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mid-slow motion explosion. Did they provide context as to why? Uh, they, just a drive-by AC? I think. <laughs> I think they did, but here's the problem. As I was reading it, I laughed so hard <laughs> that I fell off my chair and couldn't finish the article. Well, maybe they wrote the article like a Michael Bay film where they just started with the action <laughs> and then went, just decided to write the don't script worry as they about went. The story. Yeah. I think it may have been like the Iron Man thing where I read the headline and mm. just went, spoilers. It yeah. <laughs> doesn't even matter. The headline tells me everything I need to know. So look, right? If, you, if, you, if there's a six-part story yep. where Iron Man's in space mm. and like a weird robot is teaching him that he was bloody genetically engineered from birth by this alien to fulfill a destiny where he basically controls a suit of armor called like the God Armor, which is like Iron Man armor as big as Unicron that basically is designed to go from planet to planet nuking the thing. It's an awesome story, right? Is this a real story? This is what's going on. This is the secret origin of Tony Stark. And it basically... There's like this omniscient robot that has all the knowledge in its brain of the entire universe mm. who has manipulated Tony Stark, like reverse engineered him from birth to be genetically perfect to pilot this armor. Wow. And but in the process of Which doing is all Unicron? This, well, it's not it's not <laughs> canon. It's not Unicron canon. Okay. I know I just wanted to get your interest. Yeah, um and in the process the robots like murdered millions of people. Oops. But it's like for the greater good. Mm. And then the crux of the story is that he puts Tony Stark in the armor and it just doesn't work. So he's like... <laughs> Fail. Yeah. And it's a great story. Like the robot has to deal with the fact that he's just fucking killed all these people for nothing. <laughs> that his life's a failure. And so I've left the story going, oh, I wonder why it didn't work. And the implication from this news.com thing is because I'm about to find out that Tony Stark had a secret brother that neither he nor the robot knew about. Mm. And that he's the one who's been genetically engineered from birth and Tony Stark's his own guy and he's been adopted or whatever. What an interesting twist it would have been good to learn of in the book. News.com.au. I'm sorry. No, it's mm-hmm. fine. You know, uh, Transformers. Oh, yes. That was shit ass. <laughs> I didn't get to talk about my second awesome news.com.au article. Though. Oh, do Only two articles that are good that they've ever published. Yeah. The headline on this one and our uh, politically-minded friends out there will love this, was Kevin Rudd killed Batman. (laughs) And this is a few months back, and it was all about how just after Kevin Rudd got into power, he changed a whole bunch of the tax laws that stopped it from being as cost-effective for movie studios to make movies in Australia because they didn't get the same tax breaks that they used to get or something like that. And consequently the George Miller version of Justice League was going to be filmed here with Arnie Hammer, who is in the new Lone Ranger movie Mm. and a bunch of other stuff that's not very good. He was going to be Batman. And so while he was doing publicity for the Lone Ranger, he just talks about how I would have loved to come to Australia to film Justice League, but K-Rudd screwed it up. Now, this story came out before the election and I can't help but feel... (laughs) <laughs> this may have swayed the results dramatically Because yeah. I read it and went, no way I'm not voting for someone who killed Batman Unless it's Bane 
<laughs> if Bain, how good would Australia be if Bain was in charge of our political system? He really does represent that convict spirit. <laughs> 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 on Batman, actually, another quick segue into something. I posted this on our Facebook page. Mm. Facebook.com slash level 30, I think it is. Sweet. The trailer for the third Arkham, Arkham game, Arkham Origins. Is it awesome? The trailer is phenomenally good. If, yeah. you, if I didn't tell you it was for a video game and you watched it, you may actually think it was for a movie or a TV series. Is it a next-gen jam? I don't think so. I think it's a current-gen. I think it's out on PS3 and Xbox 360. Bam. Have you played either of the predecessors? No, but I've watched other people play them. And yep. once, once we got into more than two axes of movement in video games, I just my brain just shut down. I, yep. don't, I don't do 3D space very well. You opted out? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to walk diagonally to pick up the controller and you just never got there. Yeah. I don't indulge in a lot of gaming anymore, save for a few iPad-type games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have watched with great interest, sat and watched other people play Mm. Uh, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Yes. Because they're just such gorgeous games and I'm such a, a Batman fan. They're that uh, rare commodity of a superhero game that's not Ponk. <laughs> 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 Which is pretty rare. And you actually feel like Batman? Yeah. I don't know. That just I always feel like Batman. So oh, yeah. I mean, I so I probably play it and go, oh, this is what JT feels like every day. <laughs> this is very special. Yeah, I've really enjoyed both of those games. Mm. Um, so I'm looking forward to Arkham Origins. The trailer scene is it shows Bruce as a as a young boy, and it's the the part where his parents get murdered, and it's quite emotional. For it's only thirty seconds, I think, but it's mm. quite an emotional video game trailer. Shows where his parents get murdered, and then it sort of does this. Uh, rapid fire cutscene piece of him growing up and you know fighting in the schoolyard and then when he goes off and becomes a bit of a thug for a while to learn how the criminals think and then as he's training to become Batman and then as he becomes Batman and there's this bit where he swings a punch and then it flashes forward and it pans back around and he's wearing the Batman outfit and he's punching I think he's punching Bane in the face yep and nice great trailer. Great trailer. It's it's almost enough for me to just go out and buy a console <laughs> just so I can play that game. Yeah. Look, I think it'll probably be that good. I am I think I'm in the minority where I liked Arkham Asylum, the first one, more than the sequel. Mm-hmm. The sequel really expanded it out a lot and had you sort of flying around and gliding and stuff as Batman. And I just, I think I personally appreciated the claustrophobia of the first one a bit more. Yep. Um, rather than that sort of open world GTA thing that they had going in the second one. Creates that sort of spooky... Yeah. You, you do feel a little bit claustrophobic yourself playing it. And they had the amazing... Did you see any of the Scarecrow stuff that yeah. they had in that game where you yep. just get injected with drugs and the whole game and become an acid trip psycho fest? <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> so good. It's like Batman versus Kirby's Dreamland Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that exact thing. <laughs> That would be a fantastic crossover. Who would not It'd be pretty good. honestly go and buy Batman versus Kirby? Yeah, if Kirby <laughs> like eats Batman and gets Batman's powers, <laughs> it'd be pretty good. Bat Kirby. Yeah, and then you'd have like Kirby Bane. Kirby so Bane. good. Well, you'd have to have Kirby villains for yeah, Kirby. I suppose so. Qbert as the Joker. <laughs> That's actually terrifying. <laughs> <It is. laughs> I'm frightened by that. Wait. 
While we're talking about news.com. Yeah. Well, another, we're, uh, well, we're not so much talking as we are preaching the hate. Yeah. But they had an article today that I saw on the way here that Beyonce was like... Around the corner from yeah. our respective houses. I know. I got home from work and was walking up here and they're like, oh, that pub that you go to all the time, Stefan, Beyonce was there. You missed it because you were too busy at work reading about Tony Stark's <laughs> brother. <laughs> You've just had a terrible day. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, apparently she like walked through the pub and did a photo shoot in front of some miscellaneous house. Is that something? Yeah. Celeb in the neighbourhood. I'll take that reflected coolness, I suppose. <laughs> Are you going to introduce this when people go, where do you live? Are you going to say, oh, you know, where Beyonce did the photo shoot the other day? Yeah, I just live around the corner from there. Yeah, yeah I live in uh, Brunswick Knowles. <laughs> you, would, uh, <laughs> you might have heard of it. Brunswick Knowles. <laughs> <laughs> I keep having the same argument at work because uh, Eileen and I go to see Beyonce on Saturday. Mm. Uh, and I keep talking to dudes at work and I mention this and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to, you know, if she wants to go. And I'm like, yeah, there's that. But also, Beyonce is awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're assuming that you're going to be the supportive yeah. partner and really you're just going because you're completely in the tank for all the single ladies, all the single ladies. Oh, totally, ma'am. I think if anything, Eileen's concerned about if I embarrass <laughs> them by just like doing like ridiculous hand clapping gonna... the whole time and be like, I love it, it's so great. You're going to shake your booty. I'm pretty much looking forward to it. It's going to be bad. I'm not coming back from this one. Other things? Such as? I don't know. So you mentioned I, something about iView to me the other day. Yeah. And I was having a bout of insomnia the other night and I went, you know what? I'm just going to see what's on iView on my iPad because it's right next to my bed and then I don't need to move, which increases the likelihood of me actually falling asleep. So I chewed through a few episodes of Archer, ah. which I, I think is a great animation and big fan of H. John Benjamin, who does the voice of Archer, because I'm a huge Bob's Burgers fan as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, But they only have two episodes at a time of Archer Up, so I watched both of those and went, I still need to watch something more. And I couldn't watch anything <laughs> on the roster because... At the time, I didn't have my iPad set up to be able to stream from my crazy NAS downstairs. Yeah. A problem, which I'd like to point out, has now been resolved and I have <laughs> access to every single video file that I own remotely from my bed. Uh, Impressive. I'm surprised you got up when I came to the door. <laughs> so what I started watching was the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon from I was about 2009, mm. which I've not seen before. I don't know, I have, have you not seen, seen that? I've not seen any of these shows you are discussing. It's really, really good. Really? It's really, really. Really? Really. Really? It's that style of animation that we've seen sort of the comic book stuff go to recently where it's not trying to be overly realistic drawing. It's that very stylized kind of... Disney started doing it around the time that they did Tarzan and Emperor's New Groove where they just... Mm -hmm. They'd gone through Lion King and Pocahontas and that sort of thing, trying to make everyone look as real as possible. And then yeah. you just can't help but feel that they went, this seems like a lot of effort. Yeah. What if we just massively stylize everyone and do them with all really kind of straight lines in their faces? And Well, otherwise just film people. Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I've uncharacteristically picked it up mid-second season, I think, and it's been cancelled. Yeah. Uh, oh. So there's... <laughs> That was my reaction when I found out. Yeah. Because I thought, oh, if this is season two and this is from 2010, 
there's going to be another three seasons of this that I can chew through after. No, nah, cancelled. Yeah. Like all good cartoons, cancelled after season two, except for Bob's Burgers. But yeah, really, a really good telling of it. Uh, yeah. And some some more sort of, it's got Liz Allen in it, as is one of his love interests. Oh, really? And Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane are both in there, but... The bit that I'm up to, he's dating Liz Allen and Gwen Stacy's all dirty about it. Um, Venom's in it and nice. Eddie Brock. But Eddie Brock is a guy that he goes to high school with and yep. they work in, the, in, in Dr. Connor's lab together. And I'm not really sure because I've missed the whole bit where he gets the black costume and that yeah. sort of thing. And I've only come back into it just as Eddie's reappeared. So presumably something's happened to him in the past. Uh, and now he's back and he's back as Venom and... Solid. It's it's quite good. I would recommend it. So I'm going to have to go back and retroactively acquire through legitimate means yep. all of season one and the bits of season two that I've missed because I think I'm nearly at the end of season two. It's reminiscent of that. Was it The Mighty Avengers? Is that uh, the comic that you – the sorry, the cartoon? Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes? Yeah. Yes. This reminds me of when you one day came to me and was like, I found a cartoon that's the best cartoon. Yeah. And then I watched the first season – and was like, I agree. It's the best cartoon that ever happened. <laughs> Give me all the seasons. You were like, one more season, then cancelled. Kill yourself. Yeah. Like that. I, I think I did tell you to kill yourself. That's what I heard, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think it says more about me than you. But that cartoon was epic level amazing. Yeah. And it's follow. You're right. It follows that all too common narrative of first season builds it up and is pretty great. Second season explodes the universe into an amazing cavalcade. Like, it was well on the way to being a Marvel Universe show and ends in a way that you're like, wow, what an amazing untapped potential for this show to just go forever and ever as the best and then cancel. Yep. And they've replaced the Avengers show that they've replaced it with. Mm. Not much chop. Oh, man. Not, Not rating it. It was so good. They were having like Avengers and then mini teams of Avengers and they had Spider-Man and like Wolverine, Wolverine. stuff in it. They do. They it do had all of the things. They do this with cartoons that I love and I'm convinced that if I watch a cartoon and don't love it, especially in the Marvel Universe, they'll continue it on forever. So next time something good comes on and you go, this is great, I'm just going to go, I hate this. Yeah. I hope this doesn't <laughs> go past two seasons. Yeah. Because the other one that they did it with was Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah. And the ending of the second season was setting up for the Age of Apocalypse. Which and, is uh, which is such a, an awesome story. And you had Apocalypse there and you had the long-haired Cyclops come out. Who rules because he's an actual Cyclops. Yep. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then you went, this is going to be so good in the third season. And then they went, yeah, nah. Cancelled. They need to put it in the Geneva Convention, I reckon. <laughs> like if a show finishes on a cliffhanger... Everyone, if if it gets cancelled, they need to give them one more episode to, to like, wrap it up. To wrap it up, because they did that with the final Transformers season, where they introduced the Headmasters, and the American show did three episodes: the Rebirths, Part One, Two, and Three. Mm. And it kind of ended on this sort of semi cliffhanger where you went, "Well, what what happens now?" The Japanese though went, "Screw that," and did their own Headmasters. Really? TV show, which goes for two seasons or something like that. You can, you actually can get it as it might even be longer than that, but you can get it as a box set of DVDs. That's how long it went for. It's not just <laughs> a disc. It's about five discs. Transformers, the cartoon, is something I've always wanted to revisit. I don't think I've ever went back and watched it again. Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> I've rewatched the movie a lot. Yep. 
and I have to watch it whenever Eileen goes out. For the awesome cock rock soundtrack. Oh, man, it's so good. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll listen to that soundtrack all day and just do weird air guitar grossness. But I occasionally when Eileen's at home, I'll be like, maybe we could watch... No, no, okay, <laughs> cool, no worries. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a solo effort. But, yeah, I've never gone back and watched the series at all. So, if I were to load you up with all of the DVDs that I've got over there and send you home with them, would Eileen never speak to me again or...? Uh, it'd be touch and go, <laughs> man. All right, well, you can't have them then. Yeah, I would watch them in all the spaces in my life, basically. I haven't got around to ripping them yet. I need to rip them so that I don't actually have to load a DVD into a DVD player and then I can watch them remotely on my iPad in bed. Nice. All I remember is um, the episode where they all turn red. Yep. Uh, and that's why I don't like beetroot. <laughs> because it reminds me of that. <laughs> so the episode where they get the... It's like a rage virus. Yes. And they go red. And then if they touch someone, that person they, turns they get red. infected as well. It's the return of Optimus Prime. It's where they bring him back yeah. from the dead. Whenever I see beetroot on a sandwich and the red gets onto other stuff, I think of that. And <laughs> I emotionally remember... Because that episode scared the shit out of me as a kid yeah. for some reason. Pretty frightening. Anything about the like a touch that irrevocably destroys you really used to freak me out. There used to be like an old, I don't know if it was Wizard of Oz or Return to Oz or like a, a cartoon that was on the ABC of an evening. Yep. And it there was, was where they the were going. The cartoon version of the Wizard of Oz. One of them had been turned into a statue yes. or something. And they had to, if they touched the right one, they were fine. But if they touched the wrong one, they turned into a statue. They're going through this statue thing and it's Scarecrow or someone is about to touch the right person. And the guy like drops the wrong statue on him. And so he becomes a statue and there's mm. just this... Oh man, there's this expression on his face as he goes, like he realizes that he's been done over and he's turning into a statue forever. Destroyed me forever. It was yeah. awful. The Wizard of Oz stuff is pretty creepy, terrifying stuff. You watch the the movie with Judy Garland, you go, oh, this is a lovely story and a fairy tale. <laughs> and then you read the books or or watch some of the other adaptations of it. It's a horrifying, yeah. nightmare, freaky LSD <laughs> tripping stuff. Have you ever seen, it was a mini-series that was done for the Sci-Fi channel and it was called The Tin Man? No. It's a three-part mini-series and it's sort of a modern-day re-envisaging of, I can never say the word re-envisaging properly. I think you're doing really well. And it's got uh, Zoe. Zoe? Oh, uh, the new girl. The new Zoe girl. Zoe Deschanel. The new girl rules, by the way. Does it? Yeah. I never watched it. Eileen was like, watch this. I just watched a season while you were at work. <laughs> Uh, and I, I was like, you two are so perfect for each I other. I know, right? It's the best. Um, and I was like, oh, I won't enjoy that show. It's uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's great. <laughs> and it's just super great. Mm. You, sh- you would really like it. Okay. When a slot comes up. Slot it up. <laughs> but anyway, so she's in the thing. So she's in it as the character called DG, which you might recognize as the initials of Dorothy Gale. Oh, snap. Uh, and Gale she- like a hurricane. Yeah. Shazam. Oh, wow. I never actually realised that. <laughs> you have just blown my mind. <laughs> blown it. <laughs> so she's in it and she goes. She gets transported to the outer zone, the OZ. Oh, snap. And she meets, meets a bunch of different characters and, and they're the Scarecrow and the Tin Man and, and the Lion. But they're, they're not quite. They're sort of slightly mm-hmm. different. And it, it's trying to lend almost a real world flavour to it. There's sort of a mysticism to it. But it's not quite, oh, I flew off in a hurricane to another world. It's, it kind of tries to take a grittier sort okay. of approach to it. 
And then there's a whole story. I won't ruin it in case anybody actually goes out and finds it and watches it after this. Uh, but it was one of those things where the trailer sort of really piqued my interest because it was such a familiar story but just done in a, in a very sort of unusual way. I'm a sucker for that stuff. Yeah. Like unpicking stories and putting them back together, even if the result isn't that great. Mm. I still just love the idea. I was always obsessed with um, what-if comics Oh yeah. when I was a kid. Uh, and most of them are just obviously comic book creators going, oh, I've always wanted to draw Wolverine die. You know, <laughs> like most what if comics indulgent. Yeah, what if Wolverine died and then he dies and the answer as to what would happen is that everyone dies. But yeah, I just love the idea of seeing what else could happen or different ways you could do it or reimagining the bits. And I especially like, it's why I like Neil Gaiman so much about the idea of taking myths and mythologies and like shiny happy stories from childhood and saying, well... That's just a really polite way of saying this is what actually happened and it's messed up yeah. and weird and tying disparate stuff together. There's a book that we read in primary school which was a, Chris, a book about Christmas stories mm. and it was the origin story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, really? And how he came to have a red nose and stuff like that. And I I've, have tried for the last – how long ago was I in primary school? Like 20-something years mm. to try and track down this book. I can't find it. I can't find anyone who has read it or knows where to get a copy of it, which makes me wonder if I didn't have a fever at the time and imagine the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. But the origin of Rudolph in this book is that he's a normal reindeer and he gets struck by lightning. <laughs> and that's, that's not funny. That's no, horrible. That's, that's really serious. And he, then his uh, son at his wake... <laughs> <laughs> No, so he gets struck by lightning and that's what causes his nose to glow and again trying to, to base something. Spoiler yeah. kids, Santa's not real. <laughs> you never really explore the origin of Rudolph. He's just the dude with the red nose that all the other reindeers pick on and then Santa's like, you're a special man. Yeah, I've never noticed before despite your enormous <laughs> red, red nose. <laughs> He's too busy eating cookies and yeah. making toys. I like to think of all the other years before that story takes place. Just as he takes off, like he spends all year waiting for Christmas, yep, and uh, 20 minutes after he takes <laughs> off, and given the speed he must be moving at, like 20 minutes after he's in North America or whatever, and he's just like, I fucking forgot that reindeer with the nose. <laughs> <laughs> like he's batting snow out of his eyes and he can't really see and he's gotten lost and stuff. And he's like, oh, next year for, for reals, I'm going to bring that one with the light. <laughs> and he's swerving into storm so the other reindeers can get struck by lightning. It makes Santa sound pretty horrible. Well, he just needs to get home. And also like a bit of a fool. Yeah. I can't back... I've never met him. I think given the release schedule, this episode might come out fairly close to Christmas as well. It's true. Pip, pip. (laughs) (laughs) Getting back to Rudolph getting struck by lightning. Yeah. I I, I like that idea of taking something and and building an origin for it, retroactively fitting something to it, not in a George Lucas-esque kind of way. But it was was really appealing, obviously, to the point that it's stuck with me for 25 years or or something close to that. So if anybody listening to this, any of the 20 of you, know where (laughs) I can get that book, please send me an email to jt at level30.com because I would love to get my hands on it. It's so weird. Did I ever tell you about the uh, the story that I wrote in primary school called Santa Claus, spelt C-L-A-W-S? No. <laughs> Is this a Freddy Krueger type of... It was inspired by that. It was a story... Uh, yeah, so I haven't changed much at all. Like I, <laughs> We're in primary school and it was just before Christmas and it was myself and Ryan O'Dwyer and Glendon Harris. Yep. 
who I went to primary school with and we were friends with throughout high school. And the three of us sat down and I think you had to like collaborate on a story and like make it into a something. Yep. And, uh, oh man, I was so proud of it. So we wrote this two-page story, which was about recasting Santa Claus as a demon with claws for fingers. <laughs> oh my God. And that uh, like a little kid wakes up on Christmas Eve and comes out to find that Santa, who is a demon, has come down the chimney, eviscerated their parents, and decorated a Christmas tree with their entrails. <laughs> and you had to um, decorate them. So it's like these two pieces of paper with the story printed out. Yep. And one of them was made up as this sort of demonic Santa Claus. Yeah. Because uh, I, I think I wrote the thing and Glendon could draw. So he drew the stuff. So there's like Santa, who's a demon. And then the other one is a Christmas tree that has been decorated with like intestines instead of tinsel <laughs> and like ears hanging off it and shit. Uh, and we wrote it and we're super pumped about it. And the teacher was like, that's wonderful. I want you to go from class to class and read it out. What? And at the time... What sort of irresponsible <laughs> teacher does that? Like, at the time, I was super pumped because I was like, oh, she must be really excited by our story. But in retrospect, I think she was just trolling all the other teachers. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, I just want this to happen. Like, or she was too scared to keep you guys in the classroom because yeah. she probably thought you were going to set her on fire with a firecracker or something. Yeah, well, we used to... I think we went to, like, three classrooms and we're like, oh, we've been asked to come and read you a story. <laughs> they're like, okay, go for it. And, like, and then Santa stabbed the mum in the guts and <laughs> ripped us and they're like yeah you should go back to class I reckon was your teacher married to the school counsellor whose, <laughs> whose job was on the line because they went well we're not sure that there's enough yeah. use for you in the school and so she's gone right I'm going to send you guys around to yeah. read the story so that all the kiddies can be traumatised and keep my husband in work <laughs> I think that's a compelling narrative <laughs> If you guys could spread some entropy, <laughs> that would really help out my financial situation. So, yeah, no change in me as a person. No, not really. No. Slightly shorter hair, but, you know, I'm the same. Yeah, it's true. What's the worst haircut you've ever had? I've got heaps of answers. The bowl. The, the bowl? bowl cut that I had in high school, which yeah. my mum still gives me a hard time about because really? it was totally my choice and she used to try and talk me out of it. No, 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 no. I have to have no. Remember when people had undercuts? Yeah. We sort of... Had it shaved up under, but then you left the hair long. So mm. I had that, but at the back it was just Mega straight and it looked like a bowl. Or if you were a little bit more dirty-minded, looked a little bit like the knob of a penis. <laughs> <laughs> you had the bowl when we met, I, I, I believe. I did. And yep. I had a mullet that shone as brightly as the stars. <laughs> I think when we met in primary school, I had like super short hair. But then at the back, hair down to my ass. Yeah, it was pretty long. And it was just this mat of death. And I went, there is a man that I will be friends with <laughs> yeah. for the next 25 years. Yep. What's that lurking behind those enormous <laughs> spectacles? <laughs> oh, it's a mullet. I've got to get me some of that. I did have, for a while, I had quite a long fringe as well. And I, it was sort of as I was phasing the bowl out. And the fringe was, Hamo calls it the veranda fringe. Yeah. But my computer studies teacher in high school used to just call me Bross. <laughs> <laughs> he never learned my name. And never, when he was reading out the role even, he yeah. would read out people's names and he'd go, Anthea, Holly, Sarah, Bross. <laughs> uh, which was a step up from the fact that he, when I had the bowl, he used to call me Helmet Heads. <laughs> <laughs> Quite evocative. Did you ever... I'm interested because I made a poor decision in terms of... <laughs> <laughs> so, I had the mullet. Yep. And then when I started high school, 
sort of coincided with me sort of gaining self-awareness like, <laughs> like a fledgling bird and yep. going, this hair's actually shit ass. <laughs> <laughs> I remember asking my mum about it. It's like, oh, long hair always suited you. I'm like, this isn't long hair though. <laughs> this is only long hair in a certain way from a particular angle. But it was all my fault. But I made the horrible decision, right, because I couldn't cope with the idea of not having long hair. Yeah. I think now, like, why didn't I just cut it all off so I had the same amount of hair and then grow it all out? Mm. Uh, but I made the horrible decision to keep the enormous long hair at the back while letting the rest of it grow. <laughs> so, for year seven and eight, looked like some kind of horrible mulleted Luke Skywalker thing. <laughs> I had an exciting... Once I grew it out and it was all long and it sort of, you know, I enjoyed it for a while. It was actually at least long hair, which is better than a ratty mullet thing. See, I think you've made the right decision because you started with long hair and now you've got quite normal short hair. Mm. But because I started with shorter hair, I've now got a receding hairline that's thinning (laughs) on the top. And I just can't help but think that maybe if I'd started a bit longer, (laughs) I would still have a bit more length to it now. The other theory that my friend Damien has, who who's also suffers from a bit of thinning, because he's had some fairly atrocious hairstyles in the past, I'm led to believe. The reason that I'm going bald is because God's punishing me for the terrible <laughs> haircuts I've had in the past. Yeah. All right, bros. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, though, man. Like, I, you said you were phasing out the bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Did you... Because you couldn't just... <laughs> draw a line in the sand and go, yeah. the bowl's over. It had to be phased out. Exactly. So did you have a, a thing where one day you were like, I've got to make a change? I'm thinking of the man in the mirror? No, it was a gradual thing where it just sort of evolved as I you know, moved with the fashion of the time. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I decided it as much as just bowed to pressure. <laughs> where after a certain age, everyone around me was just like, you're going to get that cut or what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's all I know, man. <laughs> So then I just dyed it purple because I, <laughs> so I was I was gonna get it cut and sorry if you're listening, uh, Dad, but <laughs> I was gonna get it cut because he was always and he denies this, but because uh, <laughs> Nick, my twin brother, had like a number one, yeah. And whenever we'd get in the car, there'd be like number one twin and then like ponytail, long hair, four-eyed twin, <laughs> and he'd be like, looking sharp, Nick, <laughs> Stefan, <laughs> when you gonna when you gonna do that. So when I told him I was going to get my hair cut, he was like super pumped. And in my mind, I can't imagine it was anything except he's like, oh, Stefan's finally going to get like a man haircut. I know by saying this, we're never going to do it, but edit this out. (laughs) But yeah. And so when I told him I was going to get my hair cut short, he was so happy that I couldn't help but like subvert it in some way. So I made sure to like cut it, dye it bright purple and then like shoot it up into the, the sky, which I kept for many years like a crazy person. I just moved off the microphone. There's a book. You pulled a Stefan, as it were. 